Well, we have been around the world a little bit this morning. We've been in India. We've been thinking about Christmas being celebrated there. We've been thinking about Uganda. We've been to Bethlehem where Christmas started, where Christmas happened. And uh, here we are in Belfast. And the big question is, are we going to miss Christmas this year? Because Christmas happened in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And apart from Mary and Joseph and a few shepherds and a few stargazers from a far-off land, nobody else noticed. Nobody else really paid it any attention. And what about us? Even us, even us gathered here this morning, we can easily miss it. We can easily miss it too. Friday morning, 12th of January, a few years ago, in the middle of the morning rush hour in Washington, D.C., in the metro station, over a thousand people passed by this guy. This young man pulled a violin out of his case and he began to play. And this rich, beautiful sound filled this metro plaza in Washington, D.C. An elegant and a pure melody. A melody and sounds that those walls had never heard before. An occasional passerby stopped and paused for a moment, maybe dropped a few coins into the case, and then... They went on their way. But for the most part, the musician was ignored. Who was this unrecognized but brilliant musician? Well, his name is Joshua Bell. Joshua Bell. And he was participating in an experiment that had been uh, organized by the Washington Post. And they arranged this experiment to see what would happen if one of the world's greatest violinists performed before a rush or crowd. Literally, what would happen if one of the world's greatest violinists busked in the train station? And here's what the Washington Post reported. No one knew it. But the musician standing against a bare wall outside the metro at the top of the escalators was one of the finest classical musicians in the world, playing some of the most elegant music ever written on one of the most valuable violins ever made. In his concerts, his talents demand $1,000 a minute. A minute. He plays a $3.5 million instrument handcrafted in 1713 by Antonio Stradivaria. So what happened? What happened in that subway on that day? Well, only a handful of people paused for a moment to listen to the music and to take in the beautiful sounds that under normal circumstances would have filled halls and packed auditoriums. 1,097 people passed by that morning. Joshua Bell's violin case managed to collect a mere $32. Only seven people stopped at all to listen to the master musician. 
27 people gave the $32. And over 1,000 never stopped. Never even turned to look. The master musician had gone unrecognized and he had gone overwhelmingly ignored. 2,000 years ago, the very creator of the universe showed up and very few people even noticed. The greatest gift was given to the world, but overwhelmingly people were too busy and too blinded to even notice. And for many people, this Christmas... The greatest gift, Jesus, will remain unnoticed, unrecognized, and ignored. But I just want to remind us this morning as we bring this service to an end, as we think about Christmas and celebrate Christmas all over the world, what is it that we're celebrating? Let's make sure the master musician is not ignored this Christmas because the gift was given humbly. The gift that God gave that first Christmas was given humbly. God didn't choose to enter the world as a conquering king or a triumphant hero. His arrival into the world was humble and it was simple. He came as a baby, born in a dirty stable because there was no room in the inn. God could have done it differently, couldn't he? When he brought Christ into the world, he could have done it in a palace with princesses and princes and kings with international and supernatural fanfare. But God chose for his son to be born, smuggled into the world with a teenage girl in a barn and a little place called Bethlehem, a little backwoods, not that big of a deal place. And the event was witnessed only by a few insignificant nobodies shepherds, the lowest of the low in their society. God, the maker of all things, the master, leaves the sound of angel praise and enters our world dependent upon a teenage girl. And he's not ashamed to be one of us. I wonder, have you ever met anyone famous? Boys and girls, have you ever met anyone famous? Have you ever met one of your heroes? Meeting our heroes is, is kind of important. It's kind of special. I, a few years ago, I was in Prague, and I met one of my heroes. Some people were in Belfast last night watching him play in the Ulster Hall, Glenn Hansard. I was standing on the bridge in Prague wearing my Freem's t-shirt, which is the band he, he leaded. And, and sang and, and wrote songs for her. And I'm standing there texting my wife, who was about to give birth, not literally that day, to my second daughter. And I'm just checking in, seeing how she's doing. And I hear this Irish voice. Where did you get that shirt? And I look up and I went, Glenn Hansard. And I got to spend the afternoon with Glenn Hansard in Prague. It was brilliant. Or what about this for meeting your hero? When Bono met Steve Stockman. And Janice, meeting your heroes is really significant. I've got another meet the hero story. This is Steven Spielberg. And you might be thinking, 
Why is there a big crash symbol over Steven Spielberg? Well, a few years ago I used to live in Dublin and Steven Spielberg was down in the south of Ireland making a movie called Saving Private Ryan. Some people might have seen it. And I was driving through Greystones in my Fiat Inno and I knew that he was in the area on location filming because our next door neighbor was the air medic on site, so on site, on set. So I kind of got some inside information. I kind of knew where he was, somewhere in the area. So I'm driving back from Greystones, CSSM. And I'm kind of looking around and I see an on-location truck, film truck. And I'm thinking, ooh, Tom Hanks might be around. And I'm thinking, Steven Spielberg might be around. And I'm kind of watching everything but the road. And then, out of nowhere, this person stops, steps into the road, into my oncoming Fiat Uno, and it was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I slam on the brakes, my little Fiat Uno skids to a halt just before the master director, who stops and looks through the windshield at me, and I don't know where to look because I've almost taken out one of Hollywood's greatest filmmakers. And I'm thinking to myself, how at this point do I ask for an autograph? And I was so embarrassed, I just kind of waved and went on my way. Meeting our heroes is, is a special kind of moment. And when we get the opportunity to do that, we often describe it as meeting someone in the flesh. I met that person in the flesh. It's very exciting and it's very different meeting someone you've only maybe known on TV or on a sports field or on a stage. It's very different meeting them in the flesh. And that's exactly what happens at Christmas. And we have a big word for it called incarnation. God becomes one of us. Incarnation means in the flesh, literally in a human body. And there amongst the sheep and the chickens and the donkeys and the cows and the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift, the baby that would change the world, his baby son. And Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. And they gazed in wonder at God's greatest gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And they named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. So many people have this idea that God is destined that God is aloof, that God is far away and uninterested in our lives. Other people think that God is big and powerful and he's some great-grandfather type figure who speaks in a loud voice and delights in bossing us human beings around. But Christmas shows us something very different. Christmas shows us that in these strange, humble beginnings to Jesus' life, there's actually... Something more to God than power and size. They say a lot about God himself, these strange, humble beginnings in Bethlehem. 
It means that God has time for ordinary people just like us. These strange, humble beginnings scream aloud your significance and your worth in God's eyes. See, Mary and Joseph had grown up hearing stories about how God made the world, how he gave a special promise to Abraham, how he rescued his people from slavery, how he spoke to Moses and showed them how to live, how he brought his people to a special land, how he rescued them, no matter what, time after time, over and over again, God proved his never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So when God comes to Mary and says, I'm going to do this thing, and she would have been terrified. She had to be terrified. She trusts God because she knows God is trustworthy. Boys and girls, if you've been to the doctors, maybe you've been to the doctors and you've been sick and the doctor has given you medicine. Do you take it? Of course you take it. Because even though that may taste yucky and horrible, it's going to help make you better. But if you meet someone on the street, a complete stranger, and they give you medicine like this, are you going to take it? Of course not. Of course you'd be crazy to. Stranger danger. Because you don't know that person. And you can't trust them. When it comes to the Christmas story, God proves... In this greatest gift that he's given, that we can trust him. John 3.16 tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He gave the whole world a wonderful present and it was God's way of telling his people, I love you. And I love you with a never stopping Never giving up on breaking, always and forever love. And I've proved that love again and again. And we can trust God because He's never given up on us, because He's never let us die. People like Mary and Joseph and the wise man that first Christmas, they trusted in Him, even though they'd never seen Him. The great excitement of that first Christmas was that they met him for the first time in the flesh. God had come into the world. And from that moment on, faith for those who would later be called Christians, us, was and still is faith in God the Son. God in a human body. One of us. And that's what we're celebrating all around the world this Christmas. A gift that's given humbly. A gift that's given unconditionally. There are no strings attached. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes. Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells us that salvation is a gift from him. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can buy. And it's not something he'll take back. Don't miss the wonder this Christmas, friends. Don't miss the God who loves you with an unbreaking, never-stopping, 
always and forever love. He's one of us. He showed up, and that changes everything. God bless you. Merry Christmas.